0: to episode 34 of the Graham Cochran Show, where I'm here to help you build your online business, work less, and live and give more. I'm your host, Graham Cochran. Pumped to hang out with you today. Uh, It's the Christmas season. We're a few weeks away, and I am all about this time of year. Um, Hopefully, you are slowing down a little bit if you are listening to this when this is going out into the interwebs. And if this is March and you're listening to it sometime next year, I hope you're slowing down as well because this is the time of year that it's crazy outside. Everyone's ramping things up and it's really, really challenging to slow things down, but we need to slow things down. And so I'm hoping that you are moving towards some time off coming around the Christmas season, um, hopefully more than just a day off Uh, That probably should be an episode in and of itself. Maybe it will be. But today, um, I'm thinking about 2020. I'm thinking about the new year. I'm thinking about my own heart and my own struggles. I'm thinking about the conversations I've had with many of my students, many of you, um, when it comes to goal setting and vision for your business and for your life. And the challenge that it is, I think, to run and build and operate a business, online especially, um, but in today's landscape, where you see everyone else doing great things, starting businesses, launching businesses, growing their platforms, whatever it is. Um, I want to talk about why you, and I'm preaching to myself, this this, this whole episode is going to be for myself as well, so I'm selfishly giving myself what I need. You and I need to run our own race, run our own race. And I'm talking about business. We need to do that in life as well. It's exhausting to try to be somebody you're not in life. It's exhausting to say, hey, I want to be like that person, and I'm going to do everything I can to, to live like that person. And then you realize, gosh, I'm not that person. What was I doing? So yeah, that's, it's good advice to run your own race in, in life and in your personal life. But let's talk about your business. The business that you are starting or running or growing is unique. Now, it might be very similar to mine or someone else's. It might sell very similar things, but the season of life that you're in, the especially if you have a personal brand or an online business where you're very much the face of it as a content creator, then it's going to be super unique in terms of the actual people in your audience, the way you help them, uh, it's, it's a different race. It's a different race, and and it, that's true whether you acknowledge it or not. And to not acknowledge it is gonna lead you down a trail of misery, frustration, um, roadblocks, bruised like hands and feet and heads from trying to beat down doors that aren't meant to be beat down. Doors that are closed to you right now, or maybe forever. And it's exhausting to run and run and run to do all these things while looking at someone else running their business race and think, oh, I'm not where they yet, are yet. Maybe you're not supposed to be where they are. Maybe it's a revenue goal. Maybe you're hearing about people making six figures. Maybe you'll never hit six figures. Maybe your business will only generate $60,000 a year. That's an awesome living especially if you can get really efficient at it and it takes you 10 to 20 hours a week to create that revenue, that's incredible. But if you're looking at the six-figure person and you're thinking, gosh, that's the race I'm supposed to be running, and if it's just not meant for you, that would be really, really sad to not be able to celebrate the success you've had because you don't feel like you've crossed the finish line, but you're looking at someone else's finish line. Is this analogy making sense? Because we need to talk about it a little bit more. Um, I want to get really practical today. Um, I want to give you three ways to be able to help yourself run your own race in business. To harness what I call selective ignorance. I'm a big fan of selective ignorance because it's a tool that, when used properly, helps me maximize the joy in my life and the output and the effectiveness and the input impact, excuse me, that I have. Without selective ignorance, I'm a train wreck. I'm a train wreck. I'm looking at what everybody else is doing. I'm looking at what every content creator, news outlet, book author, TV show host is saying and ingesting and ingesting it and like comparing my race to all these other races. And then I just feel like I'm I'm not there yet. I could be wildly successful and not feel like I'm there yet because I'm comparing myself to other people. So let's break this down and let me try to make this as practical as I can for you because I guess my hope is that if you're listening to this before the new year, you're thinking about 2020, you're thinking about your goals, like I said, you're thinking about your dreams and ambitions and what I would want for you, just like I want for myself, is clarity of thought and the freedom to know what it is you need to do and run the race that you're meant to run and that you're good at running to the exclusion of what everyone else is doing so that 2020 becomes a year of not only a productive year, a fruitful year, uh, if you want to use like farming analogies, like the harvest is big, but a satisfying year because you see the progress that you are making running your race and not hers, not his, not theirs. So let's get practical. Let's talk about the first thing you can do to harness the power of selective ignorance and run your own race. And the first is really my favorite, and it's to go on a low information diet. Okay. Tim Ferriss popularized this concept. He's the first one, at least I've heard of, talking about this. Love his book, The Four Hour Work Week. It's a must read. Whether you like all of it or not, the book has so much to offer that you could just cherry pick the elements of it that are helpful to you. But probably the most helpful part of that book, uh, there's four main sections. Um, and the, the section that is the most helpful is the one all about, he would hate to have it called this all about time management. And the way he describes time management, it's not something that can be managed. The only way to have more time is to to do less stuff (laughs) so that you free up time, which is simple math, and he's right. But he has this chapter in that section called The Low Information Diet. And he starts off that chapter by quoting Nobel Prize winner Herbert Simon and um, Nobel Prize, I'm sorry. Um, And this quote from Herbert Simon It like haunts me because it's so simple, so profound, so helpful if you apply it, and so revolutionary if you let it sink in. I almost missed it the first time, but it has been game-changing for me, and, uh, and I hope it'll give you some clarity of thought. Here's what Simon says. He's talking about information. What information consumes is rather obvious. It consumes the attention of its recipients. Hence, a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention. Okay? Information, books, news articles, blog articles, videos, podcasts, like this one. Anything that I put out. (laughs) Information consumes what? It consumes the attention of the recipients. So if you read a book, That information is consuming your attention. That's just what it does. Hence, a wealth of information, having all the books and all the podcasts and all the conferences and all the YouTube channels you subscribe to, whether they're good, even if they're all good, having a wealth of information creates only one thing, and that's a poverty of attention. If you're constantly crushing all the the business podcasts. If you're constantly reading all the business books, if you're constantly attending every single conference you can imagine, that all three of these things are incredible. I love podcasts. I have one. I think it's pretty awesome. Hopefully you agree otherwise I don't know why you'd be listening to me. I love business books. I've read hundreds of business books. I've learned so much. I love conferences. I've learned so much at conferences. But if you're consuming all of them, what you have a severe lack of and what you're deficient in is your attention. It's it's finite. So you give your attention to all the books, all the podcasts, all the conferences. What you are left with is not much else. So to be able to output to be able to grow your business, to be able to be innovative, to be able to do what only you can uniquely do in your niche, you need to be able to apply your attention to those things. But if your attention is gone because all the information around you has consumed it, you're not going to be able to do what you're meant to do. You're going to be spinning your wheels. You're going to feel exhausted and depleted. And what's interesting is that you're going to have what you think you need, which is information, because we think we need information to help us make better decisions, to be able to have wisdom, and to be able to make change and enact change in our lives and businesses. And that is true. You should always be learning. You should always be a student. Ah, uh, you should always surround yourself with people who are smarter than you, um, even if that means virtually through books, through podcasts, through videos, through taking online courses, whatever it is. All of that is good, but to a point. Okay, that's. I think that's the that's Herbert Simon's point in this quote is that information and and Tim Ferriss goes on to talk about going on what he calls a low information diet. If you want to have extreme output. Uh, In his case, if you want to only work four hours a week and, and be able to run your business, you have to have extreme output. And the only way to do that is to have a lot of focus and attention. And you can't do that if you're consuming a lot of information. So your goal may not be to work four hours a week. That's fine. But I think this is something that you can harness as you look to 2020 to run your own race and business. The only way to do that is to consume less information. The more information you consume, you're going to get past the point of it being helpful and you get to a point of being stuffed. Like you're at a buffet and you know, you're know you grateful that you're at a buffet. It's all, all you can eat. It has lots of variety and choice. And that's great because then you can just choose the, the stuff that you really need and like and want and what fuels you up. And so that's good to a point. But when you fill up your plate too full or you keep going back for seconds and thirds and fourths, you consume too much and then you just feel disgusting And it's not healthy. The buffet wasn't the problem. It was your lack of discipline. Or let's just not, I don't mean to throw you under the bus. It's my lack. If I'm at a buffet and there are hamburgers, french fries, hot dogs, pizza, barbecue, donuts. Heck, if there was a cereal bar, I'd have a few bowls of cereal. Pastries, cakes, um... Pretty much any breakfast breakfast food, eggs, bacon. Man, I'm getting really hungry. If that was all there at the buffet, it would be really hard for me to not eat it all because I like it all, I want it all. And, you know, if you eat too quickly, you don't notice that you're full yet. So that's even more dangerous. So the lack of my discipline would be my downfall, right? At the buffet. It's not the buffet's fault. It's my fault. It's the same with the buffet of knowledge and information available to us. We have to have the maturity to consume what we need and what we desire and what will help us achieve our goals, but then consume no more than that. Which is a strange thing to say in a world that screams, consume, 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 more video content, read all the blogs, listen to all the podcasts, read all the books there's always something more out there you could consume. And it probably, let's assume it's all helpful because we know it's not all helpful, but let's just assume you're curating just the best and it is all helpful. We just assume if some is good, this is my wife's favorite phrase. If some is good, more is better. And it's half of a joke. I know what she means, but like, that's kind of how we live in the information age. If some information is good, more is better. And that's just not true. At some point, you're, you're out of attention. You're out of the ability to process that information. And now you're going to be confused and conflicted. And you're just looking at a lot of other people's races that they're running. And you're not running your own. For example, if my podcast is just one more thing beating into your brain and the race that I'm trying to run, which in my business, which is be as efficient as possible, work as few hours as possible possible to maintain the excellence and quality that I feel called to, uh, to be able to impact the people that I feel God's calling me to impact and to do the work he's calling me to do as well as I possibly can, but then have the freedom so that I want to minimize those hours to do that. So I have the freedom to take my kids to school in the morning be home every afternoon and evening for dinner, um, be able to have the time to run errands during the week so I don't have to run as many on the weekends, so I can just be with the family and do things like that, have time for church on Sunday, to have time to watch movies, which I enjoy, have time to exercise, which is really important, all of those things, the things that I care about. If, if the content I'm producing on this show, which is geared to help you run your race, but assuming you want to run a similar race to me, if that's actually not helping you run your race and it's just making you feel like you should be running my race and that's not the race that God's calling you to run for your business, then you should stop listening to this podcast, right? And I I give you full permission to not feel guilty. You can come back in a year or two if you want. If you feel like you want to get back on that train, I'm here to help you win. And if helping you win means you don't listen to my podcast, that's, what you should be doing. that's what I would want for you. So have the maturity and guts to think through. I'm going to move on to next point two, because we got to move on. But to think through what information do you need to stop consuming? How many books do you need to stop reading? How many podcasts do you need to stop subscribing to? How many blogs do you need to stop reading? How many YouTube channels do you need to just cut off? What are the one or two or three or four or five resources that you're, you're going to just commit to and then just purge the rest? You have permission to go on a low-information diet so that you have the freedom to use your attention where it needs to be used. Selective ignorance. Go on a low-information diet. Second thing, in order to harness this power of selective ignorance, to be able to run your own race and business, and this is one that's that's so critical because this is only becoming more and more problematic as time moves on. Is stop trying to do hashtag all the things and instead just do the two to three things that work for you. Okay. Stop trying to do all the things and instead just do the two to three things that work for you. Okay. When you have a business. You know what this is like. You get excited. You jump online and you start looking at what other people are doing. You start copying other people's Instagram feeds, the type of stuff they post. You might copy their bio. You might copy the type of content strategy they have. You might copy the pricing of their courses, you might copy the courses that they're making by copy. I don't mean rip off, but you might be just looking around at all your heroes, and they might be big or small. They could be the biggest of bigs. You could look at the Pat Flynn's and the Amy Porterfields and the Brenda Bouchards and the T- Tony Robbins of the world, and you could just say, "I'm, I'm, I'm going to do what they're doing." Or there might be smaller people in your space that you're following, and you're just going to try to do what they're doing. Oh. She's running at Facebook ads. I should run Facebook ads. Oh, they're doing webinars. I should do a webinar. Oh, they're doing a virtual summit. I should host a virtual summit. Oh, they have a mastermind. I should do my own mastermind. Oh, they post on Instagram every day. I should post on Instagram every day. Oh, they have a vlog on YouTube. I should have a vlog on YouTube. Oh, they started a podcast. I'll start a podcast. You can see where this goes. Everyone around you is seemingly crushing it. And there's a couple of problems here. One is just simple math. Um, You can't do all the things. Neither can they. Uh, And in order to do all the things, um, they are sacrificing all their time, attention, and energy. Uh, And I know this from interacting with many of you, those of you who have been candid with me. and I know this from just human nature. It's just simple math. Um, there are people, and I'll, my wife's a good example. My wife, Shay, I talked about her a couple episodes ago um, on this Start Now, Evolve Later. She runs a very successful multi six figure business in just 16 hours a week. Okay. She does that out of necessity because she was always taking care of our girls at home when they were babies and. Before school age, um, and then even now that they're both in school full time, she doesn't want to work more than two days a week. Um, she wants the other two or three days to have for herself and to take care of our home and our family and all the things that she does. Meet friends for coffee, like she she is a has a very full life. The whole point, though, is she sometimes will look at other people in her space who are doing very, very cool things and say, man, I wish I could do those things. But I, in order to do those things, I would need to give myself more hours in the office. And I'm just, I refuse to do that. Now her example is maybe extreme. She only gives herself 16 hours a week. And so she, if she had 40 hours a week, which would be a considerable normal work week, she'd be able to do a lot more. Many of you are working 40 hours a week in your business But you're like, man, if if I want to do all those things, I'd have to work more. And the answer is yes. The way people are doing all the things. I have some YouTubers that I follow that put out content related to Star Wars because Star Wars is awesome, let's be honest. Uh, Anybody watching The Mandalorian, by the way? That show is freaking amazing. And Rise of Skywalker comes out next week and I got my tickets and I can't wait. So I'm watching and have been for years some uh, big YouTubers who are Star Wars YouTubers. And these guys pump out videos every day, every day, sometimes multiple times a day. And uh, one of them the other day said, um, oh, yeah, so The Mandalorian comes out on Disney Plus. And I think it comes out on Fridays, but I think it actually shows up inside of Disney Plus like Friday at at 12.01 a.m. So like midnight, Thursday, Eastern, you stay up, you could be the first person to watch it. And so since he's one of the biggest, if not the biggest Star Wars YouTube channels, that's what he does. He stays up all the way till midnight so he can watch the episode the, mo- the as soon as anybody on planet Earth gets to watch it. And then he watches it for 35 minutes. And then he immediately gets on YouTube and does a live stream reaction or a breakdown of the episode so that he has the first, if not one of the first videos on YouTube within an hour or two of the episode going live. So on Friday, when people are waking up or they're watching it that day or later that night, he's already got YouTube traffic and SEO. I mean, it's brilliant. But he said in one of his videos, you know, this video is going out and I'm going to stay up till midnight tonight to watch The Mandalorian. And then I'm going to shoot the video and that takes hours and hours and hours. So probably I'll go to bed at 8 a.m. And that's just a classic example of what it takes to do all the things to do all the things, you got to give up all your time. It's just math. The only way, the people that you are watching online, whoever you follow, the people that you respect that are crushing it, most of them, the only way they do all the things is to work their butts off. They're working 60 to 80 hours easy. They're working a full day, maybe they break for dinner, but they're working in the evenings for another three to four hours especially if they're single. And a lot of, I've met so many of you who are single who are like, well, I don't, I don't have kids. I don't have a spouse. Like, I might as well just keep working. And that breaks my heart. Like, you're worth so much more than that. Just because you don't have a spouse or kids or a family or roommates or whatever, doesn't mean that you should just slave away every hour that you're awake just because you can you deserve a break. You deserve to have a life. The problem is many of you don't have a life anymore because all you do is work because you feel like you need to do all the things in order to grow your business, to reach your goals. And you're willing to sacrifice it because you don't think your time is worth very much because it's not like you're caring for a spouse or a kid. And that's just a lie. It's a, it's a, it's a cyclical lie that'll keep you trapped. Your work does not define you. Your business does not define you. It is a thing you do. And if it's a great business, it's built around your skills and your passions and, and what you enjoy and what you're good at and where you have natural impact, then dude, praise God. That's awesome that you get to do really cool work. And that's what I'm here to help you do. But man, that's not who you are. So don't, don't waste away every hour you have because you you just you've got the time. That's that's not a good enough excuse. And I'm telling you. That's what you're going to do if you're trying to keep up with Joe and Susie and everyone out there that's doing all the things. There is a reason that I only post once a week. There is a reason why I'm not on Twitter anymore. There is a reason why I don't have the most engaging experience on social media. I just won't give it the time. If I wanted to do that, it would take more of my time and I'm just not willing to do it. Instead, what I do is I focus on the two to three things that actually drive my business and allow me to impact the people I want to impact. So for me and both of my brands, that comes down to weekly content, that's one of them. So I'm committed to my weekly piece of content. And then for me, that's serving my customers I have membership sites and I have customers that um, interact with my online courses. And so I want to serve them. Answer questions, dive in. I have monthly commitments for content and live Q&As and things like that. So I'll do those things. Uh, That's about it. I check email. I'm not even that great about email. You know, just ask my assistant on the recording revolution. I may be consistently in email twice a week. A lot of times it becomes once a week. I finally get to email. That's it. Those are my two things. Weekly content, interact with students and serve my customers in the membership sites. That's what drives my business. I mean, that's all this business needs to to not only survive, but to grow. And I'm willing to not do all the things. So for you, what are the two to three things that drive your business, give you fulfillment in your business and that you're, you're good at? So for example, on the flip side of things, I make fun of Facebook ads a lot. I have a friend named Rob Booker who uh, I met at the Kajabi Impact Summit conference back in April. Um, And he's a super wicked smart, crazy smart guy. I don't even understand him sometimes. And he's he's got so many ideas in his head that when he's explaining and teaching something, they can't come out fast enough because it's like he can't bring all that genius down to mere mortals in a way that even makes sense to us. That we're just like, Rob, you're just so smart. And the dude, uh, he just makes, his business makes millions of dollars um, and he just, he just gets marketing and he gets branding. Anyway, one thing he's really good at are ads, Facebook ads, and he loves them. And so I, I love it because I make fun of Facebook ads. And, and so I'm basically making fun of him, but uh, he's a guy that would probably look at what the two to three things that, and I'm putting words in his mouth, but if I'm him, I would probably say, well, what are the two to three things that really matter for my business? Facebook ads. Uh, and then his, the marketing stuff he does, he has, he's really good at webinars. He's really good at sales pitch. His pitches are amazing. So he just needs, he just creates really good offers and runs ads. Those like, those are the two things he does really, really well, as opposed to like tons of free content and membership sites, like ads and offers. He doesn't need to do social media. He doesn't need to do all the things. He doesn't need to do membership sites the way I do it. He's got the two, those are the two things that work for him. He's really, really good at them. And he's really good at, at maintaining family life as well. The other day, he, uh, he it was a few weeks ago now, we have a little Facebook you know, messenger group that a few of us talk to each other all the time. And he just posted in there one day that he was, wasn't getting any work done, couldn't focus. And so he just went to the movies in the middle of the day. I was like, dude, a man after my own heart. I love going to the movies in the middle of the day by myself. He has balance because he's not doing all the things. And here's the other dangerous thing. Trying to do all the things will soak up all your time. You just give up all your life away to do all the things. You know what's sad about it though, is that most of the people that you see doing all the things, (laughs) all the things aren't working for them. You ever thought about that? Have you ever realized that the people you're copying probably aren't making any money? How depressing is that? That you could give up an extra 10 to 20 hours of your week to try to do all the things you see people doing in addition to the things you're doing because it looks impressive on social and you see all the activity. We don't know if that's generating dollars in their bank account. Eight times out of 10, I don't think it is. There's so much activity and all of it is copycat. There's only a few real original people in our space that are truly innovative, that truly have a stroke of genius, like, hey, I'm going to try this and it works. Everyone else is just copying what they see, copying their websites, copying their social media output, copying their branding, copying the way they position, copying the way they they talk and the way they present. They're copying all the things. When you see a new trend happen, they're copying it. All we do is we copy first, assess whether it's a smart thing to copy later, which is backwards. You're gonna give up 80 hours of your week, 60 hours of your week, copying people that you don't know if it's actually working and making money. Is that really wise? How depressing would it be for you to give up all that time, bust your butt, be exhausted, miss dinner with your family, miss games, miss rest, miss working out and staying healthy, miss community, miss the holidays, miss all of that because you're copying someone who looks impressive online, but they're maybe making $30,000 a year. And no offense to you if you only make $30,000 a year, but you know what I'm saying? You're copying them because you think they're making $130,000 a year or $300,000 a year. There are a lot of people who look impressive online, and that's all they are is impressive online. And I'm not trying to be cynical or make fun of these people. I'm just trying to save you from giving your life to doing hashtag all the things when most of the things don't put money in your bank account and they probably aren't working for somebody else. Have the maturity and wisdom to run your own race to discover what are the two to three things that actually drive your business. And that might be very different than mine. Like my buddy Rob, ads drive his business. He's really good at them. So he should just do that. For me, content drives my business. I'm really good at content. I really like content. This is fun. What we're doing right now, this is fun to me. This drives business. So why would I do anything else? If you're insecure, and this is what so much of running other people's races comes down to, is we're insecure. We don't know what drives our business, so we just do what everyone else is doing. Don't be insecure. Be confident in what you think, where your gut is is telling you you think the money is for you. Like, you're not an idiot. You know what has led to revenue in the past or what is seeming to be working. Follow the hot hand. Follow the 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 things that seem to be working to their their natural end, and see where they end up. If in the end it doesn't lead to where you thought it would lead, at least it made sense for you to follow it to figure out. Hey, you know what? That isn't a thing that drives my business. I thought it was, and it isn't. That's okay. But have the courage and the guts to say, "I think, I think this will drive business. I'm just going to do this." Forget about what everyone else is doing. I'm a part. I, I talk about kajabi a lot because it's. It's the business platform that I I love. It's the software that I run both of my businesses on. Um, It's incredible. And shameless plug, you should get my 28-day free trial for it. Just go to grahamcochran.com slash kajabi, K-A-J-A-B-I. Watch a bunch of the 28-day challenge videos that you get if you sign up through my link so you learn how to use it and how to make $1,000 in your first 28 days of using it. And then you get a 28-day free trial of the software. But shameless plug, it's an affiliate link. If you end up signing up, I get a cut of your monthly payment. If you don't sign up, you get the free videos and you might as well get them. It's fun. And it doesn't cost you any more to sign up through my link anyway. I love Kajabi. I use Kajabi. The point is, I'm a part of two Kajabi Facebook groups for Kajabi users. There's one for everyone that uses Kajabi. and Then there's one for people that have made $100,000 or more on Kajabi. And so that's an interesting group of people because they're, they're usually pretty sharp and successful. The danger of those groups for someone like me, is that you jump in them and you see everyone talking about what's working for them. And what I see from afar, because I don't really participate very well, because I don't give it a lot of time. (laughs) From afar, when I do look, I see someone say, hey, I just did this kind of webinar script and it made me $30,000. And then you see everyone, oh my gosh, can I have that script? I want to do it too. Uh, Tell me more about it. And I I just want to like, hang my head because I'm so bummed for these people because A, they're going to go try it and it may not work for them. And then they're going to be really jaded and frustrated. But B, they're probably already too busy doing a bunch of other tactics that they saw someone else do or someone told them to do. And now they're going to add another one to their bag of tricks, their to-do list. And that's going to cost them something. It's going to cost them some time. It's going to take time to build out that webinar script. If webinars aren't the thing they should be focusing on right now, it's pointless to get all obsessed about it. So it's going to be a cost of time for them. That means a Saturday they're going to lose. That means they're going to sleep in and not go to church the next day because they're exhausted from the night before. That means they're not going to be present at dinner with their kids. That means they're going to skip going to the gym tomorrow. That means they're going to work all the way up until... 5 p.m. on Christmas Eve on this thing that they don't need to do that's probably not going to generate revenue for them. It just is a cost of their time because they saw someone else do it and like, oh, I'm going to do that too. Run your own race and then have the maturity to look over here if you do happen to look and see someone running well their race and doing something and be able to say, hey, that's really cool that they're doing that thing and it's working for them. But you know, right now, I'm running my race and doing the two to three things that work for me. Mental note, I might come back to that and assess whether maybe that strategy, tactic, fill in the blank could be a good fit for me, but I don't need to do it just because someone else is doing it and even if they found success with it. Make sense? Third and final point. This one's really practical uh, and very easy to do in theory. To harness the power of selective ignorance and to be able to run your own race, my third and final suggestion for you is to unfollow everyone. That's right. Unfollow everyone. And I, I mean just about everyone. I mean, maybe follow your mom and your best friend and maybe that comedian that's really funny. I don't care. Don't unfollow John Piper if you're a Christian because that's not what you're supposed to do. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like pick a couple, but like, dude, unfollow. That was a joke, by the way. You can unfollow John Piper. He won't even know. Unfollow every single person you need to unfollow on social media and get off their email lists. And yes, that can include me. That can include good old Graham. Here's the problem it goes back to the low information diet and it goes back to hashtag all the things and running your own race. When you follow people on social or you're on their email list, every single day, you are being confronted with comparison, right? We know this. That's that's what sucks about social media is comparison. As a business owner, this comparison just goes another level down and it sucks What is it? Is it Roosevelt that says comparison is the thief of joy? Yeah. Theodore Roosevelt, 26th president of the United States of America. Comparison is the thief of joy. There is something about not knowing what the heck everyone else is doing in their lives that allows you to just, hey, have joy. Because guess what? No matter what you're going through, I want to wager that there is something to be joyful about in your life you might be walking through some hard stuff. So I do not want to minimize the suffering or the pain that you might be experiencing, especially this time of year. The holidays comes around to Christmas time. This can be a really hard time for people, okay? So I'm not not clueless to the fact that you might be walking through some serious hardship right now, maybe even today. But the fact that you are breathing, that you are able to, listen to this or watch this right now, it's just an evidence that God has given you grace, that he cares about you. Without him, you wouldn't be alive, my friend. There's something to be joyful for there. The fact that you have a business or have an idea for a business that might really be helping people or has the potential to help a lot of people, that's something to be joyful about. If you have your bills paid, That is something to be joyful about. If you have family or friends who love you, even one family member or one friend who loves you unconditionally, that is something to be joyful about. If you know where your next meal is coming from, and you're not stressed out about having food on the table in the next couple hours, you have something to be joyful about. We have so much, so much, and yet, when we look at what everyone else is doing, we immediately have our joy sapped. Now apply that to the small business. You might have the goal of, let's say, reaching $50,000 in sales next year. Maybe you're brand new to business. You're like, if I could do 50 grand in revenue, that'd be incredible. $4,000 a month, right? Coming in consistently. I have a student of mine whose goal is next year to make five k a month consistently, right? That's a great goal. Let's say he hits that goal next year. That should be cause to celebrate. But if he is following a bunch of people on social media in a bunch of people's email lists and funnels, and they're all talking about how they're doing six figures, and they're doing six figures in five hours a week, these irritating people like Graham Cochran. Like, if that just causes him to feel like, gosh, man, I'm not doing enough. I wish I was doing what he's doing. If that puts you and puts him in a bad spot, have the guts to unfollow people like me and other people like that. That's not helping you. That's not helping you run your own race. To run your race, you have to have focus. You have to have a pace. You have to, you can't, if I, I I, I love watching track and field in the Summer Olympics and they're coming up next year, I think in Tokyo. Um, Watching these people run so fast is incredible. But you know what they don't do when they run? They don't look to the side. There's an A, there's not enough time for it. Usually these these short sprints, even if it's all the way around the track, they go by really really quickly. But B, if you look to the right, dude, you'll trip. You'll trip and fall. Cuz your feet are going so fast, you're going to get distracted. Like the only way to run your race well is to almost pretend like no one else is there and just to run against the clock. It's the only way to win. It's the same with swimming. I used to be a swimmer my whole life. So I did swim team as a little kid and then swam competitively all the way through high school. I kind of hated it towards the end, but I was half good at it. Uh, and it was a good sport. Keeps you in shape. But swimming is the same. When you're swimming, let's say you're doing freestyle. Your hands are going over and over and over. When You know, you don't want to breathe every stroke. So you're holding your breath, you swim, swim, swim. And then, then you take a breath, let's say every fourth stroke. When you turn your head, that's the only time that you really should even be looking at the people in your lane on either side. Because the more you look, you literally become less aerodynamic in the water, slows you down. And it's just not helpful to you. Being aware of where people are, I guess can have you help you in some way because you can pace. But I found that myself and the people that were better swimmers than me just swam against the clock. They just, they they trained, they kept their bodies in shape, they got mentally focused, and they just swam their butts off and ignored everybody else. So when they hit the side of the pool, they would look up, they had no idea where they were compared to anybody else. And it's hard anyway, as the lanes go on, you can't really tell in the water. But even the guys and girls next to them, they just swam their own race. That's the only way to get every half second, every 10th of a second you need to win. And that's what I'm talking about, for your business, To win is to serve your customers well and to build the life and business that suits your season of life and your goals and your family's goals, like that's what winning looks like. That might include revenue numbers. That might include how many hours you're working, but it's the, the holistic picture of what winning in your business looks like. It has to be a integral part of your life. So if you've defined what you're shooting for, what you would like, many of my students, they want to be able to continue to make the revenue they're making, but only working 20 hours a week, or they want to reach six figures um, and do that while, while working a little bit less. Whatever that looks like for you, define it, design it, run towards it, and ignore what everyone else is doing. Stop comparing comparing yourself to everyone else. Compare yourself to where you were last month. Compare yourself to where you were 12 months ago. Compare yourself to yourself. Your race, it just doesn't matter what everyone else is doing. I'm giving you permission to unfollow everyone. Like, I don't follow many people on social media. I've unfollowed business partners from their their, uh, email list. Literally, guys I do business with, I've gotten off their email list because I it was just bad for my heart to see all the cool things they were launching. I started to compare myself to them and they're some of my best friends. How crazy is that, right? It's that nature to want to compare yourself. So I am giving you permission to unfollow everyone. Nobody cares. If if anybody cares, they're a weirdo. And you're not going to miss anything because, again, you don't need other people to be able to run your own race. Let me clarify. You don't need to watch other people's businesses to run your race. You need people to support you. You need accountability in your life. You need friends. You need community, but you don't need to follow all the successful people you want to follow. Maybe you follow them initially for inspiration and ideas, but at some point you might want to just unfollow most of them and just run your race, okay? 2020 is the year that I want you to win, and you're going to win by running your own race, not someone else's in your business. And the way you're going to do that is you're going to go on a low information diet. I want you to cut out just about every book, podcast, video, articles, blog you subscribe to, trade magazine, whatever. Stop consuming so much information. I want you to stop trying to do all the things and just identify the 2 to 3 things that really work for you in your business and have the guts to say hey this works for me that might be weird for everyone else but this works for me i'm just going to do these 2 to 3 things and have the guts to not do all the other things and trust that this is what's best for my business and i can still reach my income goals and my business goals by doing these 2 to 3 things 2 to 3 things and again i'm a huge example of this and a few episodes ago i talked about this how to run your business in 5 hours a week the very first way to do this there's four ways you do it is to eliminate right? Eliminate. So it was eliminate, automate, delegate, and batch. I wish batch rhymed with all the other eight words, but it didn't. Batchinate. There we go. Batchinate. But eliminate is the most important one. You got to stop doing 80% of the things you're doing. The 80-20 rule tells you that. It's the only way I'm able to work so few hours and generate the revenue I'm generating is by not doing all the things. And trust me, I'm human. I freak out about this a lot. Oh, should I be doing all these things? I see people doing them. Should I be? And my wife's like, well, you're making plenty of money, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why do you need to do them? I'm like, oh, thanks, babe. You're right. Right? So eliminate. So stop doing all the things. Do the two, three things. And then third and finally, just unfollow everyone. Just just scale away way back. Just put your head down. Just put your head down. Just do your thing. Trust me, you're not going to miss anything. Except for my podcast. Just joking. But I'm serious. Just joking. Do you know what I'm saying? Like cut it out, whatever you need to cut out. I'm giving you permission to unfollow me, anybody. It's just not going to be good for your heart until you're in a place where you're, you're you're running your race well and you're feeling good about it. And then maybe you want to bring some influences back in, but only if they're positive, only if they help you. There's so much negativity out there. There's so much junk. Even the stuff that's good can just make you jealous. Jealousy doesn't help. Jealousy is an awful emotion. Contentment is powerful, Right? Like the Bible says, godliness with contentment is great gain. Contentment is the secret. I'm going to talk about that an entire episode, but it's hard to be content when you're following everybody and comparing your business to their business, and we don't even know if their business is successful or not. We just see them doing a lot of stuff. So that's it, my friend. I want you to run your own race. I want you to have a lot of freedom in 2020. Hey, and here's a here's another ripple for you if you're a seasoned business owner. Your race might look different next year. It might change. You know, I'm in a season where I've been building and growing for 10 years. Did you know that I just celebrated my 10-year 10, 10 years of bi- in business in October a couple months ago? I've been running and pushing for 10 years and it's been a crazy journey. And uh God's grace has been all over my life and my business. And it's it's so cool to see what he's done and what he's allowed me to be a part of. But I have this huge sense that this next year, 2020, is going to look a little different for me in terms of what my running my race in business looks like. Uh, and if I continue to compare my race to either what I used to do or what everyone else is doing, I might miss what God has for me in 2020, the race I'm supposed to run. So if you're if you're a seasoned business owner, I'm giving you permission to run a different style of race this next year because maybe your business needs to change a little bit. And maybe the way you were running was exactly what you needed to do for year one through five or one through 10 or one through three. But maybe you're entering a different season where it's a different race and a different style of running, and that's okay too. That's okay too. So consider that if you're not new. Figure out what race are you supposed to run next year and ignore everybody else and just run it. I hope this was helpful. Thanks for diving in. Thanks for your time today. I'm really excited for what 2020 has in store for you. Um, I want to hear from you. Leave me a comment below the video if you're watching. Let me know which of those three things resonates with you the most. Um, How are you going to run your own race in 2020, not someone else's? And if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, shoot me an email or leave me a review wherever you're listening to podcasts. Let me know that you're listening to it and that you connected with this episode. means a ton. And uh, keep the podcast suggestions coming. i uh, got other ones that I'm about to do coming up for you that were direct result of what you asked me to do on Instagram and other places. So I pay attention, I listen, and I want to serve you in that way. So I'm excited for the next few episodes. And again, I hope you're slowing down this holiday season and hope you're getting your mind right for 2020. That's it for today, my friend. I'll see you on another episode real soon.